Last night we went and saw Gemini. Um, it was a very good movie. A lot of interesting action. Um, you could tell a lot of the action scenes were accelerated by different film techniques like the martial arts. And so it was difficult to know if a person really could move that fast. Um, so it kind of reminded me a little bit of G.I. Joe where some of the reality didn't really match reality. The virtual reality didn't match reality. And that's one of those things where you lose credibility in the movie. I mean, you could think that uh, the movie itself was um, uh, not realistic in terms of the motions. And so it becomes unbelievable in some parts. Um, especially where they had the super soldier and uh, he was doing some parkour jumps and leaps. But uh, I guess they were trying to say that this soldier um, had some special skills that uh, um, other humans didn't have. But the, you know, like the ability to uh, leap a certain height or um, do certain acrobatic moves uh, that were not probably would be in the range of like world-class moves so it's trying to suggest that these soldiers are world-class athletes which is possible uh, they had one scene where Will Smith does a uh, push-up where he, he pushes his body off the ground and um, I've seen people where they've done push-ups and they've done claps where they can push clap but um, I've never seen anyone where they've been able to do a push up and and, and get uh, two to three feet off the ground by doing a push up so those are some things that uh, uh, in the movie didn't seem to be real and so your mind kind of like becomes dismissive of, of the credibility um, I would have liked it to be more close to the what is humanly possible and then uh, make it a more in terms of, of contest of one-on-one -on -one, and so that it was more believable when he uh, when they defeat the super soldier um, I think since Bourne is it's been everything has now been kind of raised to that standard of the super soldier someone who's got invincible strength who can uh, do feats that no human being could possibly do and you know due to discipline or or some other characteristic of that nature and uh, you know more than human so for example the impervious to pain uh, not needing to sleep for long periods of time those are those are some of the genetic alterations that a super soldier in the sci-fi world is portrayed as. And the reason why having the ability not to sleep would be important is operation efficiency. Uh, you, could, you could run your command centers for longer periods of time with a 
with uh, single staffs or single shifts and uh, not require multiple shifts to trade out, uh, giving time for the soldier to sleep and recreate or so forth. Um, and so this idea of having a soldier that could operate in sleep deprivation without any degrade in intellectual acuity um, seems to be an ideal in the movies. One of the big problems with sleep deprivation is it creates a heightened degree of aggression um, and also decreases uh, mental focus because your brain needs time to process the information in the real world, in the symbolic world. So dreams are important for processing what we understand in the real world. And so uh, not being able to dream uh, would be a form of non-recreation, I guess you could say. Uh, because dreams are recreation. That's the way the brain entertains itself. It uh, deals with the um, incongruities of reality and the inconsistencies and tries to piece together how things work. And so there is the, um, you could say, conscious world where we're interacting with the physical objects around us. And then there's the unconscious world where we're dreaming. And it seems like virtual reality and augmented reality are somewhere in between where they, um, where we're now starting to have a visions and, and, and uh, digital dreams of what could be or how things could interact. And uh, my daughter went to the Leonardo da Vinci Museum and they had uh, some augmented reality and virtual reality there. And uh, you could interact in digital with some of Leonardo's uh, inventions and see how they worked. And so you could move like uh, his helicopter or things like that um, and see how it worked. So there's an example of a in innovation digitally that had a financial uh, incentive to be built and so they build it but those type of inventions I think will become more commonplace as people want to see digitally how to interact with their world um, not only in training but they might want to see digitally how something works well going back to Gemini man um, he he uh, the, the plot is somewhat interesting. Uh, one of the super soldiers, they're, they're mercenaries, uh, has some blood stolen from him or taken from him. It's debatable whether it was stolen or taken, depending on the employer agreements and whatever. But uh, uh, his blood then is cloned. And... Uh, another super soldier is trained and this soldier will become uh, a clone for mass production of other super soldiers with high levels of intellectual capability and physical um, 
characteristics that allow them to be faster and smarter and stronger. And this was the ideal. Um, and so he, this younger clone is sent back to assassinate his um, genetic source. And the process of doing that, the uh, action scenes are pretty amazing. It's like a combination of the uh, Bourne or French Riviera car race on motorcycles. And they're shooting at each other. There's a lot of innovative uh, action scenes where the character slides down a palm tree with one hand while shooting. Um, that is pretty amazing. Uh, some quick draw sh sh fire shooting where one uh, character throws a grenade and the other character, the younger junior, uh, does a quick draw fire shoot and hits the grenade with the bullet and knocks it back uh, at, ricochets it back at uh, the older Will Smith. Um, so the, the general plot then is that they have uh, quite a few different fight scenes and then they try to convince uh, Junior that, uh, that the clone, he has been betrayed. He's not really the son of the villain, but he is uh, a clone, a soldier, and uh, part of Will Smith's character. And so when you look at it, then Will Smith eventually becomes the, the, his father or guide of himself. And uh, that's kind of a strange idea of continuity as the clone then is really the younger self of another instance. And so, but because the conditions, the initial conditions have changed, chaos theory would apply and so they're really not the same but yet they seem to have these complex dialogues of things or characteristics that they both share and uh, it would be the product of the psychology of the warfare uh, for example he said to his junior that uh that the only time he feels relief is when he's about ready to pull the trigger. And uh, they both, he, he's able to uh, self-talk about that and, and uh, then the, uh, um, the characters realize that they do share a lot of the same characteristics. So in the terms of cloning, it would be interesting if your own, if you saw your own clone and you talked to it, would it be like talking to a child? Um, or would it be like talking to yourself? Because the exact DNA sequences are similar and therefore the assumption would be many of the personality traits would be similar and would uh, some of the genetic memory characteristics be similar.
I would tend to lean towards the possibility that a clone would be more like talking to a child because there are behaviors and characteristics that are learned. Uh, however, there are interesting characteristics that seem to be passed on genetically and uh, different traits uh, that your kids discover that you do that they do also and they wonder where those traits come from and it could be a part of genetic memory so uh, it's interesting this idea that behavior could be passed on genetically the other thing that uh, is disturbing about clones is the idea of identity now in Star Trek they had uh, Riker gets cloned and uh, he doesn't allow the clone to survive. He vaporizes it. And, uh, and he, his, his defense is the preservation of his identity. He says, well, with one, one Riker is unique, but a million Rikers, he, he is no longer unique. And so in some of my books, uh, I've talked to about uh, uh, clone technology in the uh, Henry Parker's Robot Wars, where Henry Parker is basically a clone, and uh, he doesn't realize it until he meets himself that he's a clone. But uh, there's a uh, there's interesting ramifications, you know, behind cloning uh, that have not been allowed. One is that uh, in, uh, I think it was South Korea, they did some cloning of uh, different animals and that they said that it would be possible to clone a human being. But as far as legal conditions, um, it is illegal in the United States to clone a human being. So that would not be possible here. So if we look at stem cell therapy and we look at the fact that we take adult stem cells and we replicate that and then we add different growth factors and put that back in the body and the body then rejuvenates those tissues or structures that are damaged or are dead um, and that gives new life that is not illegal so we can use medicine to improve structures that are already existing but to create a new structure from an existing structure and assuming that it could survive uh, that has not been allowed that's not moral acceptable nor is it legally acceptable and so uh, you know the, the Will Smith the Gemini man or the Gemini corporation who was just making billions of dollars from uh, its secret operations where he said that they were running global assassination and uh missions in black ops 
those type of kill orders were not a part of the public knowledge. And so these funds that were going to these groups um, were not being held accountable. And so they were running these secret operations around the world. And um, the enemies of the state then were being eliminated on order by these groups. And so, you know, the idea of a moral soldier that was replaced by an expedient soldier, and so having an expedient soldier that was capable of not feeling pain or had enhanced physical strength was the preferred form of soldier. And I personally think that a soldier that loses his morality is a dangerous man. And so I, I like the fact that we don't have soldiers that are humanoid robots. I like the idea that we have soldiers who will have to suffer in terms of war because war is horrible and the suffering carnage teaches us that war has a cost. And so now with the introduction of technology and warfare, we have increased kill capability and less accountability in terms of how we uh, resolve the morality of war. war. And so if we say that the cost of war is pain and suffering, then if we have too much war, we have too much pain and suffering. And so it will have to, at some point in the level of discomfort, discontinue war. And we look at the number of years that we've been engaged in long-term war in conflict uh, is phenomenal. We've been now well over... 25 years in uh, low intensity warfare at times and uh, higher intensity warfare at other times. But as far as a global war, we have not seen a global war since World War II, where the whole world is in a desperate fight to annihilate the other uh, government. And so wars are about the annihilation of governments. And uh, we haven't seen that since uh, World War II, where millions of people have died. Um, but the usage of robots in warfare is disturbing uh, because they, they operate on the extent of efficiency. And the argument being is that if you send a robot into warfare and it's destroyed, it is a collateral asset that's destroyed, not a human being. And so the pain and suffering associated with the death of that robot or the uh, destruction of the robot is not felt. Um, it becomes then a financial ledger cost. So it's, uh, we've talked about on this podcast, hive mind, the dangers of hive mind, um, but yet we see a trend towards more automation, 
in Gemini Man, they did not have uh, robots uh, as the villains. Instead, they had human human beings, and they were uh, working on the premise of clone warfare. And the but the super soldier that emerged uh, was was very skilled. He was trained. He was trained in all the martial arts. He had numerous different systems of martial arts, uh, kicking, grappling, throwing. And it was almost as if he was programmed to be a killing machine. Uh, And uh, they also had another clone that uh, was on the roof was shooting a, a, a high-speed artillery Gatling gun. Uh, that uh, that scene was just amazing on what it did to the, the restaurant. It just tore it up. And how they survived was amazing, too. Uh, all the artillery was coming through. That, that building was devastating. But... Uh, other than that, I, I don't know if I could say that Gemini Man communicated anything other than, you know, clone warfare is bad and um, that, uh, you know, that clones could be trained to do certain specific tasks like a ninja, you know, prepared as a single weapon for a particular kill. I don't think that, uh, you know, that an army of clones would be acceptable uh, in warfare. That Then you come up with the idea, well, is a clone uh, less of a human being because it, it uh, was not, is just a replica of another entity. But the clone could cry it was interesting because it had, you know, when he confronted who he thought was his biological father or his father, he ends up crying. But at the same time, he doesn't feel remorse when Will Smith's character shoots his father. Um, so there's those type of things that seem to be inconsistent about his emotional states. And so he, you know, in some ways he is a robot. He's a product of his programming. He's programmed uh, to perform military operations. (coughs) And, uh, but he seems to be able to feel affection and, he seems to be capable of empathy because he shoots Will Smith's character with um, bee venom, darts him, and then waits to see if he has a allergic reaction, which he does, and then he injects him with um, adrenaline to stop this and histamine to stop the swelling. Uh, and open the air pathways up. And so he does seem capable of empathy. 
and he does seem human. And later in the final part of the movie, he is interacting socially, but he um, has uh, male and female friends around him, and he acts like he's having a a good time. So um, he seems to have human emotion. He isn't just devoid of human emotion. Yet one of the super soldier clones seemed to be impervious to pain, did not feel pain, did not feel fear of dying. And he um, was a very difficult opponent for them to defeat. So when you look at all these characteristics and different thoughts that the director is bringing in, uh, it does cause you to think and wonder about becoming more than human. And I think it's probably not a good way to go to make a soldier more than human.